What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena with Robin Griff. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host Rob Goldberger. And what a week it has been in the baseball world. We said we were going to put out a midweek episode. Um, I was a little sick throughout the week, so we were unable to do that. But we're here today, and I mean, the winter meetings, man. I mean, we hadn't had them, I think, since 2019, and wow. I mean, they they did not disappoint, and absolutely, I mean, the free agent market, like, we're going to predict a few guys, but there's, like, almost no one left now. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Like, all these guys have signed. Um, So we're going to break it down, and obviously – We'll talk some NFL, too, but we are going to start out with some MLB. I got my baseball uh, polo on right now. Um, But, yeah, we're going to start off with the man, the top three player in baseball, I think pretty pretty unquestionably at this point. Aaron Judge re-signs with the New York Yankees, nine years, $360 million, likely going to be the next captain of the Yankees. You know, there were there were some questions. I really thought the day before this signing happened, it, it seemed like the way the media was talking that Judge was going to end up being on the Giants or one of those teams. You saw the Padres come in with a late offer, but ultimately Aaron Judge wanted to be in New York, was using everyone else essentially for leverage, and, and good for him. I mean, he got absolutely the most money out of this situation, got where he wanted to be. I'll start with you, Rob. Obviously for the Yankees, they had to do this if they lost him. I mean, it was hard to fathom. I think we both agreed that Judge would likely be a Yankee. Um, yeah. But the way it started to trend, I mean, there there were times where I, I started to doubt that. But ultimately, Judge will be a Yankee for life. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think I think obviously John Heyman, John Heyman jumped the gun a little bit. I was I, I think I was a little surprised to see he was going to San he was going to San Francisco. But like you said, I just think like it was. I don't. You can't really picture the Yankees without Aaron Judge, and you can't picture. What Yankees fans more more importantly would be doing with that Aaron Judge. I mean, I think they're ready to burn the whole place down, even when there were just you know rumors swirling. But look, like you said, Aaron Judge made himself one hundred and forty four million dollars uh, this past season, which is just called betting in yourself and winning. It doesn't always work out like that, but it, he did it and it was impressive. But I think obviously we found out that the San Diego Padres were a late player. They ended up getting their guy in the end, but obviously. Superstar sort of California tax uh, system, I think definitely factored in, definitely factored into that. But like you said, I think, I think as soon as the Yankees were ready to bump up to that nine years, to that nine years, or at least that's what the reporting is that when Hal Steinbrenner heard that that Judge just wanted that extra ninth year to to get into the three sixty million, I think that that that, that was always going to happen. I think forty million for the Yankees might honestly be a cheap cost to keep them around compared to the alternative. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Judge makes that franchise so much money at the end of the day. Um, you couldn't picture him not being a Yankee. It's just one of those guys that's like, he he was always going to stay there, it seemed like. Um, you know, you feel a little bit for Giants fans. Like, this yeah. team came in trying to spend, and at this point, you know, there are some stars. You know, you got Correa still out there. They could reunite with Rodon, but they haven't probably had the flashy signing um, I think that fan base was looking for, which is not always the worst thing you're going to have. Uh, always more options next offseason and beyond. But, yeah, I mean, good for the Yankees. They got their guy. They've had a, you know, they haven't really added yet. Um, I do think they're, they're, you know, they're in on Rodon. You heard rumblings yesterday from, like, Buster Olney or, or John Heyman, maybe a little bit of Carlos Correa, maybe them talking to him. Um, so we'll see what's next for the Yankees. 
Yeah, we'll see what's next. And, and, it's just, it, you can't believe it. Pretty unbelievable. Sorry, though. We're in a situation where I was wanting Carlos Correa here. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy how far that whole uh, situation has come. But at this point, obviously, Yankees fans, they they want the best team possible on the field. So, um, yeah, they do need to improve, though. Like, this team, the way it was last year, was not good enough. And they know that. But they've done a good job. They re-signed Rizzo. They re-signed Judge. They bring back Tommy Kaylin. So, we'll see what's next with the Yankees. I think they, you know, Carlos Rodon would be very interesting. Um, that would make their rotation yeah, very, very solid with Cole I believe Jack Cortez. Curry. I believe Jack Curry reported. I think I saw him. They were pursuing. They are pursuing Rodon. Like that's. I think that is one of their top targets, Carlos Rodon. For the yeah, Yankees. they've been really. Yeah, sorry, really I was young. just saying. I was just saying. Like I think. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. Um. All right, let me pause this real quick. Definitely going to be interesting to see what happens with the Yankees. Carlos Rodon, Carlos Correa. Um, you know, I think one of those guys would absolutely be big for them. They definitely are in the market to upgrade somewhere. So we'll see what the Yankees do. Always going to be in the news. Moving on to the other New York team, my New York Mets. A very eventful week for the Mets with Steve Cohen flexing his wallet. Um, and the Mets payroll at this point is, is, is out of control. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're pushing 330, like 400 with the tax. Um, you know, this week they've re-signed Brandon Nimmo, eight years, 162 million. They signed Justin Verlander to replace Jacob deGrom, two-year, $86 million deals. Um, they trade for Brooks Raleigh. They signed David Robertson. They signed Jose Quintana. And they're still linked to a guy like a Kode Sanga. You hear Andy Martino saying Shohei is going to be in play for them next winter. I mean, it, it it's crazy times. I mean, you 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 never want to doubt Steve Cohen. But at some point, you're like, oh, they're not going to spend any more money. And it just feels like at this point, Rob, that there's no limit with this team, with the budget right now. And, you know, the Mets, they had a lot of question marks. I mean, this offseason, they came in with Diaz, Nimmo, DeGrom, all their rotation really being free agents. And at this point, I mean – I would argue that at this point in free agency and the offseason, this team is probably at a similar level to the the team they were last year. That was a 101-win team. So considering where they were, um, you know, last year, the free agents they had, your thoughts on on the week for the Mets and their current state of this team? Yeah, I mean, as long as you're, you're going to be able to be spelling, spending this much money, you're going to be able to put a very, very good team on the field. I mean, that's just the trick case. I mean, I know – they did choke in the playoffs last year, the New York Mets, but obviously I think that they'll obviously I think they'll probably still be a very good to dominant regular season team. Verlander, Scherzer, Quintana is just an absolutely ridiculous top three of the road. I mean, it really is just an absolute Jose Quintana had a fantab sorry, I was about to say fantabulous Jesus, but a fantastic <laughs> a fantastic playoff start last year against the Philadelphia Phillies, actually, before he was pulled very early. I mean, I still I still question that decision, but Look, I like you I, giving Justin Verlander, forty-year-old Justin Verlander, forty-three million a year is a lot, especially considering when you're paying another forty-year-old forty million. But <laughs> like you said, it doesn't matter to Steve Cohen. His pockets are so deep; it, it it really doesn't matter. It's not your money, Griff. As a Mets fan, I'm sure you don't care. I mean, look, <laughs> look. <clears throat> I, I mean, as long Steve, like you said, Steve Cohen's pockets seem at the current moment endless. And and like you said, I, I, if this is the case, I mean, there's there's really no. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not going to criticize the Mets for spending money. I, I'm I'm not, you know, like this team is obvious, but with that obviously comes very high expectations. And if they flame out next year, I think 
I, I think the lot like I think obviously I think the pitching staff is a guarantee. I think a little bit like a little questions have to be asked. Like obviously getting Nimmo back was huge. I think you see a lot of like sorry, I don't mean to criticize some people here, but I think like you see a lot of these like baseball casuals who come out of the woodwork sometimes in the off season that are like don't know what they're talking about. Like eight one sixty two is fair value for Brendan for Brandon Nimmo. Like what like even like team I think it even argues that with like you can make an argument that's actually really good value for the Mets, to be honest. Mm. But like, like I don't know. I don't get it. I think you see a lot of people criticizing the length of that deal, which I don't really I don't really understand. But I, I think the Mets have had a fantastic offseason. And like you like like you said, I think whenever you're gonna be willing to spend that much money, you know, you're 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 in good shape. I think Justin Berlander's playoff performances were a little questionable last year. I do. I think even in the his one start in Philadelphia, he really, you know, I think he issued like five walks through four innings or something like that. So I, I think that'll be something to keep an eye on. But the guy is the guy arguably just had his best career season at age 39. So I'm really not too concerned about it. Yeah. I mean, I think, like you said, like the Brandon Nimmo, like, so, like the Mets at that point, like it's kind of, we'll talk about the Phillies next, but like these deals where you extend the years to lower the AAV, like that's just kind of, that's the contract where you look back and you look like three, four years in and it's like, that's a fantastic deal. Yeah. yeah. The Mets needed Nimmo. Like the way the center field market was like the next best option would be like Kevin Kiermaier. And like, that just wouldn't have been, you know, maybe they could have traded for Brian Reynolds, but that would have cost them like all these guys in the farm Mm -hmm. system, which is not what they're trying to do. So paying 20 million a year for Brandon Nimmo, a guy who fits in perfectly at the top of the lineup, gets on base has improved tremendously defensively in center field you know, fan favorite, the club, really good clubhouse guy. Like there's, there's nothing about this deal that I'm upset about. And the way the Mets have handled business, like you said, like they're just signing guys that, you know, they're making smart meals, smart deals. I mean, the Jose Quintana deal, I mean, after what Taiwan Walker and Jamison Tyone got, I mean, two for 26 for a guy who, you know, was pretty freaking good last year is, is an incredible deal. And I'm not expecting him to, you know, post a sub three ERA these two years, but you know, if this guy can be like a three five ERA, and you know, I'm hoping they add a number three starter so Quintana can be the four. But like him as a four starter is like perfect, and the bullpen looks good. I mean, they bring back Diaz, Robertson, Raleigh, um, and that wrote like Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer. They have you know once again the Mets. You know, they lose to Grom. They bring in you know the AL Cy Young Award winner, and to me, they still have the best one two punch in baseball. I would argue. Um, you know, I think it's close with potentially your Philadelphia Phillies are, are right up there in the conversation and among some other teams potentially. But yeah, I mean, Verlander, Scherzer, these guys, you know, say what you want about them. Obviously, the playoffs didn't go according to plan. But, you know, the regular season, these guys were both like, you know, Verlander had this crazy season and Scherzer had like a 2-2 ERA or something like that. Like, they're both still at the, the top of their game. Um, you know, I, I'm very happy with this offseason for the Mets. I do really think um, the cherry on top would be landing Sanga, who they are just, it seems like they're just all in yeah. on. I mean, I, I've heard a lot of stuff. I, I, at this point, honestly, like, I don't want to jinx it, but like, I feel like they, I mean, I feel like they're going to land them. Like, I feel like they, sounds like they really want him. And we've seen like when Steve Cohen really wants someone and really wants to pay them and get a deal done, like it's going to happen. So, you know, and I think, you know, if he's okay being in New York, the Mets check off all the boxes he's looking for. So I think he would be kind of the perfect, um, you know, three piece in that rotation for them. But yeah, I mean, the Mets, this off season was, you know, talk about at the beginning of the 
you know, right after the World Series. This was, uh, you know, future defining offseason for the Mets with the amount of free agents and guys they had. And now you can look at this team and, and you can see a little more, you know, comfortability with the future. You got guys under contract. Um, the rotations coming together, the bullpens coming together. So I think the Mets and, you know, real quick, and then we'll move on to your Phillies. Um, you know, the reason the Mets, obviously, you know, people talk shit about, you know, the Mets paying two 40-year-olds $40 million and whatever. At the end of the day, these are like two-year deals. So if they don't pan out, it you know, two years and it's over. And also, like, the Mets right now are trying to build up their farm system. They're trying to be like the Dodgers or one of these teams where they just have endless prospects coming in. And right now their pitching depth in that, in that farm system is not very good. So they've just been in a spot where they don't have the young guys to bring up right now to be in that rotation. They got to pay these guys to, you know, get over that hump, give the farm system a few extra years, start developing more and more guys. And then eventually just kind of have that sustained success that they've been talking about and looking for. So I'm never going to complain with these deals because that's the end of the day as uh, the Mets have proved this offseason. Money right now is just never going to be an issue or something that stops them from doing anything. So it doesn't really matter. I'm not going to start rambling, but um, good offseason for the Mets. We'll see what they do. Obviously, it doesn't seem like they are done, uh, but we'll move on. Yeah, no, sure. I, just, sorry. I, I just want to add to that. Like, if you think I'm going to be like, I am I, I am a delusional Philly sports fan a lot of the times. I, I understand, but like, I'm not going to sit here and criticize <laughs> criticize Steve Cohen for spending really, like millions you, or hundreds of millions. You know what my attitude towards like Major League Baseball is like these you spend to win. That's how you win. Like, and the truth of the matter is, like, I'm going to be honest with you, Steve Cohen's pockets are very, very deep. And I respect the fact that he's a fan who wants to see his team do well. A lot of the owners can be doing the same exact thing that he is and are choosing not to. I want to make that very clear. It's not that they can't. It's that they are choosing not to. Yeah, they're all billion-dollar owners, and they don't have to be spending at the level Cohen's spending at. I mean, this is, like, unforeseen spending. but And that's why I think also that that stupid tax is so ridiculous because, you know, criticizing the teams that want to spend compared to the teams that are putting out, you know, Twenty thirty million dollar payrolls and yeah yeah it's disgusting. But moving on to the Philadelphia Phillies, they had a great week as well. Trey Turner, I mean, I feel like this guy was a Philly the second that uh, the <laughs> World Series ended. It yeah. just seems kind of foregone. Signs an eleven year, three hundred million dollar deal. Uh, Taiwan Walker, former New York Net, now a Philly, four years, seventy two million. A big, pretty big deal for Ty yeah. Walker who. As, you know, wasn't all star with the Mets. Has had some very good, very good starts, um, and then they signed Matt Strom for the bullpen, little lefty specialist. Your thoughts on the Phillies winter meetings week, and uh, you know where you want them to go from here. Look, I, I love Gene Segura. I really do. I appreciate all he's done, all that he did in Philadelphia. He was an important playoff contributor. But like, look, like Trey Turner. Uh, shifting Bryson, being able to shift Bryson to second base <clears throat> in his natural position is going to be huge. It's going to just make him way more comfortable as a player. And I think, I, I, sorry, I'm just going to talk about Bryson Stott here. I didn't know that. I know you didn't see that going in that direction, but like, I think Bryson Stott can be a very, very, very good MLB player. His plate discipline truly was among the best in the playoffs, like in on the eye test and statistically. I mean, like, I think it's going to be very important being able to shift into his natural position at second base. And look, like Trey Turner is just a guy that we've been missing for years. A guy that like, he's a guy that in that World Series just would have made such a difference. A guy that like, oh, who's almost uh, as immune to cold streaks as any player in baseball. It, he's obviously he goes on cold streaks. Every hitter does. But in terms of relative, like relatively, he, he really doesn't. I mean, look, 
I think that they just needed a guy who could just like make a ton of contact at the ton of the starting lineup. And I get people are saying, oh, his, his chase rate and his speed and then the look back bad at the end of the years. But like, if you're making this point, like, I don't care what it looks like at the age of 40 season. We're like for the next like three years in the middle of their primes, you were paying Bryce and Trey combined 54 million. That is insane to me. That is, I, I love it. I, I mean, I, they literally just followed what they did with, um, with, with Bryce a few years ago. And look, Dave Dombrowski has really changed this, turn this franchise around and I'll be the first to admit I really wasn't that happy when Dave Dombrowski was hired I look I think I, I I get a lot I let a lot of sort of this like negative Phillies media talk about oh we need a young general manager we need a complete restart we you know this guy's gonna even further gut the farm system but look first off we didn't have a farm system to gut when he got here which I think may have been may have been for the best but um like this is a guy like uh, I was saying I was saying it but like John Mill to, to Griff like we were texting you know during the week like it like John Middleton is spending money now. It's unbelievable to see. This is a guy that up until Bryce didn't spend money. And then these last these last two offseasons were the first time he's really, really spent ever. Like, and that's why last year's run was so important to just like prove that the city will show out for a successful Phillies team. They will. But like, I, you look, Trey, I, I'm so excited to have Trey Turner as a Philly. Like, this is a guy like, I kind of like just everybody in Philly kind of suspected it even like midway through the year that obviously he was going to be that he wanted to be here. And like I, the Padres came in with a lot last minute offer. He was never going to play on the West coast. He was never staying on the West coast. That was not, that wasn't going to happen. He wanted a place, you know, close to his home in Florida where spring training was. He, he wanted spring training rather close to his home in Florida. Look, I'm just excited. This guy's a Philly. I mean, he's, he's 300 with 20 bombs, like right off, right off the bat. I mean, I, I really am. And look, when it comes to Ty Walker, would I have loved 236 or 354? Yes, I would have. At the end of the day, they really needed a they really needed a four. I mean, they really needed a four. Like what they were throwing out there towards the end of the year was disgraceful. And by the way, the yeah. ball Kyle Gibson got ten million dollars. <laughs> okay, but uh, the starting pitching market is crazy. Yeah, dude, it is like that. That's my next point. I mean, look, they they really needed to pay for a four, and the hope is that Andrew Painter who, you know, Andrew Painter, I'm sure, but, like, Andrew Painter, who's going to be 20 years old by the time opening, like, my guess is he's going to start the day with the, start the season with the big league roster, Andrew Painter, and I think that there's a real chance that this guy is a solid number five starter by midway through the year. I mean, like, he's the best pitching prospect in baseball. I mean, I'm excited. I really am, because I think if Ty Walker, he had, obviously, major struggles towards the end of the season last year, but hopefully – you know, he can work some things out and keep that, you know, first half of the season form going for, you know, being consistent through an entire season. It is a lot of money, but like you said, I think the starting pitching market is absolutely out of control. And, you know, getting five solid guys rather than relying on a bullpen game or Bailey Fulcher, you know, <laughs> Kyle or Kyle Gibson every five days is going to be is going to be huge for the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, look, like you said, like, yeah. Taiwan Walker for four years and 18 million AAV. Like it's not what you want, but um, you know, that's just kind of the market. And, and clearly they went and just said, you know, let's get a deal done. Let's get, you know, this guy before, because the market has taken off. I mean, there's, there's some guys left. I mean, I'd say there's like four or five quality starters, um, you know, that maybe would kind of profile similar to him a little bit better, but um, yeah, I mean, the Trey Turner signing is going to be huge for them. I mean, this Phillies lineup is, the best in baseball top three. I mean, at worst, like it's truly incredible. The amount of stars they have, they got, you know, obviously Trey Bryce, Schwarber, 
JT Romuto. You gotta hope Nick Castellanos can even. Yeah, I mean, half of the player that he like. Well, like I think I do think that he got hurt at the end of May last year. Like, look at his mem and like he got hit by a pitch and like look at his numbers. Bad from the start though. Look I mean, at his he didn't hit a home run from like. He had no power last. Year. He lost yeah. all all of his power last year. Yeah. Which might, I mean, that's what happens when you go from, I mean, Citizens Bank's a pretty pretty hitter friendly, but, you know, Great American is also uh, pretty pretty kind to yeah, yeah, the hitters. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, yeah, he would be, a, if he could get it going, that'd be a huge wild card. But this Phillies team, the way they are, I mean, totally set. Having Trey Turner also, you know, he's not the greatest defender in the world, but, you know, he's a pretty solid defender. So, it provides, yeah. you know, some, some defensive help as well for the Phillies. Like you said, Bryson Stott will be in his natural spot. Um, so this NL East, man, it's going to be really good. Um, the Phillies are, are, you know, only getting better. The Mets are, you know, a hundred win team that, you know, I would say is at a similar level. They could be better. I mean, you're, if you have a full year of Verlander and Scherzer, um, you know, that's better than what they got last year out of DeGrom and Scherzer. So, you know, we'll see, obviously the Atlanta Braves always good, but they've kind of been, uh, you know, the, this team, the Atlanta Braves credit to them because they have. They have an unreal core, um, and they're just in a spot where they've locked all these guys up to criminal contracts, and they don't have to spend any money. And you know, Vaughn Grissom will probably be the next Derek Jeter. So, <laughs> um, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I honestly don't think they'll re-sign Swanson at this point. I mean, it's pretty crazy. It feels like this team's just like, yeah, they're just not going to spend the money, which is, uh, you know, it makes the the. I just real quick, I've said this to Rob before, but just the. The whole Jacob Degrom to the Braves narrative that the Braves were going to shell out forty million a year for a pitcher, or for a player in general. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. I mean, this is a team that let their superstar first baseman that won the World Series walk, um, so they could lock up like a younger guy who was not as good. I mean, it's just like I don't know. That whole narrative was just like crazy to me, but. Um, yeah, Annalise is going to be crazy. Honestly, like, I mean, we're both biased, but the way this stacks up right now, like, any of these three teams can win the division, like, easily. And they'll probably all – I mean, I'd be shocked if any of these teams are not in the playoffs next year. Yeah, I mean, I think – I, I love – we're not going to be playing with a handicap for the first 60 games of the year, which is going to – for the first 50 games of the year, rather, which is going to be nice. I mean, Joe Girardi is the handicap, I mean, yeah. But, uh <laughs> Well, yeah. you won't have Bryce for the first, you know. No, I know, 60, I know. 70, I mean, which will hurt. But is, Trey well, Turner well. definitely softens the blow a little bit to that lineup. All right, moving on to the team that all of a sudden is just throwing around money. They're, you know, defensively, this team might be an absolute disaster next year. And that's the San Diego Padres, um, who signed Xander Bogarts to an 11-year, $280 million deal. Yeah. Which likely moves Fernando Tatis to left field, which is crazy. Um, This deal, when I saw it break, Rob, I mean, this was like, I know they've been throwing around all this money. 11 years, 280 for Bogarts is like, holy cow. 11 years for Xander This guy's power is pretty fading. 11 years for Xander Bogarts. Look, and I get we were just praising the the longer contracts, but 11 years for Xander Bogarts? That's that's pretty crazy. And like you said, like, like Machado's gonna be like, I, I I don't like the San Diego Padres. I really don't like the San Diego Padres as organization. Sorry, I think it's just from the the, the NLCS. But like, 
I, Soto's going to be out of there. Would be my guess. Like I, I think we've discussed that. Who before. knows though? Maybe they'll throw like seven hundred million at this guy. The way they're going. I mean, you think? I mean, they're willing to spend. We know that. But like, yeah, I, you know, I think after this deal, I would say Soto's more likely to resign than before, just because they're showing that they're just going to spend like endless amounts of money, and they've shown that before. But it's just like, who knows, man? This is crazy. I mean, this would this I. With Tatis, I mean, they're kind of like they're kind of giving up on him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, at least from a defensive perspective, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that they've just kind of accepted that like they're they'd rather <laughs> they'd rather move him to left. They'd rather spend three hundred million on Xander Bogarts than move him to left field, right? And then uh, then and move him to left field and have him continue to play shortstop. Look, when when Tatis gets back, the Padres will be a force. Their lineup is ridiculous. Like the, the obviously, yeah. the, they're they're gonna be really good. I think their depth. Is- Soto Machado Bogarts is crazy. Oh, let's be real. I mean, their depth is a little que- is more than questionable. I would say, like well, they have Hassan Kim. They've got like twenty shortstops. So if one of those guys goes down, they'll be fine. <laughs> but like, no, look, I I think they're 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 good. I just don't think that they're like as good as any of the NL East teams personally. And I think that they'll still be owned by the Dodgers. Like, I think you're going to see a lot of, I think you're going to see a lot of like familiar San Diego Padres trends from next year. Like I understand why they had to get Bogarts. There's a little bit like they were embarrassed for like a period of 24 hours. It was like, Oh, Trey rejected more money from the Padres judge rejected more money from the Padres. So I think that they had to like maybe a little, I don't want to say overcompensate, but they did have to spend that. They did have to spend that money somewhere for lack of a better, lack of a better uh, term. Yeah. I think this was just a, an overpay at the end of the day. I mean, 280 million, 11 years is just a little much, um, you know, good for them though. Like they went out, they got a star. Um, like they're going to be solid next year. They have a really good lineup. Obviously the opt-outs with Machado potentially opting out and then Soto being a free agent, like those two guys will really, you know, if they leave there, then the Padres are screwed because then it's like, okay, well now you got Tatis who is a huge question mark. And then you have Xander Bogarts, who's going to be like 31 and there for the next 10 years. So, you know, those, you know, Machado and Soto will be huge question marks. This team is loaded offensively, though. Pitching-wise, you know, Joe Musgrove, you Darvish, those guys are going to be back. They've been great. Blake Snell, I think, is back, too. He, you know, he was had a bounce-back year. So, we'll see. Um, you know, I think just looking at this now from a, a perspective on the Boston Red Sox side, man, I mean, Heim Bloom, like, this guy gets praised, but, like, this guy's let crazy amounts of stars just leave like, i mean the like mookie bets deal amounts of stars the dude mookie bets deal is like uh, it's one of the don't talk about how no, 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 bad no, no, no. that trade was we, i we i think we talked about it uh, me you and i i think have talked about it before but like alex verdugo is the main piece for mookie bets <laughs> that's ridiculous dude that's ridiculous and I know they were trying to get under like the tax him but it's just like what are you but, doing at the end of the day at the end of the day, so, uh, sorry, I am going to just say, just challenge that, like, you're the Boston Red Sox. You don't try to get under the tat. You're the Boston Red Sox. You play at Fenway Park. Like, you don't do that. You don't trade Mookie Betts. And you especially don't trade Mookie Betts to, to them. Like, I'll just refer to them yeah. as them, the evil empire in the West. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, crazy. I mean, they're just being mismanaged. I mean, you hear the oh. – uh, I don't want to mispronounce his name, but Yoshida – 
Um, yeah. You know, they, you hear the people saying they overpaid by like $50 million on this guy. I mean, he, he could be very good. We'll see. Obviously yeah. they do sign Kenley Jansen, which is a solid move. Yeah, I agree. But for 11.5, this team is just like, and like the guy they choose to extend and give money to is Trevor story. Like, <laughs> like Raphael Devers is gone, man. I think he's a, a foregone. They should just, no, I don't, they're if just Rafi like, Devers, I, if Rafi Devers leaves, Fenway Park is getting burned to the ground. Like, it's just like, I feel for Red Sox fans because at this point, like ownership's not, you know, I was watching, um, Jared Kravis, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Maybe not. But he's, you know, big internet personality, Red Sox guy. And he's just, like, frustrated with John Henry, like, the owner of this team. He's, like, you know, he's treating this as one of his, like, business ventures. And he doesn't really care about the team. Like, it sucks because this team right now, you know, the storied franchise, the Boston Red Sox, like, they're just not retaining their guys. They're not spending money. The product on the field, you know, really isn't going to be ne- very good next year, in my opinion. Like, I don't think this team is going to be – winning this division by any stretch of the imagination. So I don't know. We'll see. But, um, you know, good gap for the Padres and for the Red Sox. Another superstar fades away. Pretty crazy that, uh, you know, yeah, he's gone. All right, last deal real quick. You know, this one's not as big to talk about. Wilson Contreras to the Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals already a really good team. They're just kind of one of those, like, weird – Teams that they have all these guys, but then the yeah, playoffs they just never get it done. Um, yeah, they, they're a team that you know they they win ninety five games every year, and then like they're they're just out right, like they're just out. You yeah, know, days in. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on this move? Obviously, Look, I think it's a great. Like, I think obviously, you know, like only three years. For, I, Wilson Contreras is a you know he's one of the best catchers in the sport. I like I, I like yeah. the deal. Obviously, like I know a lot of Cubs fans are really, 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 really not happy about this though, and yeah. there's been a lot of trolling going on from the Cardinals after. So I wonder how Wilson's legacy in Chicago has been affected by by this by this you know. Him I don't know if there, you but... can like. I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, 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 I, 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 I agree with you, Griff. But I, you know, I don't know if Cubs fans will see it that way. But like, that's true. But um, no, look, I, I, I don't really know if how it's a lot of money, but I don't really know if I can really speak negatively about this. Like they got, they, they, they yeah. need to capture Yadier. Yadier, I mean, he was still fine. You know, very good you know, calling those games, sort of being the game manager out there. But that guy was, I mean, him at the plate, you know, when the, <laughs> sorry, when the Phillies were in those high pressure situations versus the Cardinals in that wild card series and Yachty stepped up to the plate, you almost took a huge sigh of relief as a Phillies fan. Like the guy is just not, was just not an MLB hitter anymore. Yeah. He retired. Yachty's like retired. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like weird. Like he like Pujols had this like whole like retirement <laughs> tour. And like, I feel like Yachty was just like, didn't get the, uh, the recognition maybe that, he deserved as one of the all-time great catchers. But, yeah, good deal for the Cardinals, obviously. Like, the Cubs, man, I mean, they don't trade this guy at the deadline, and then they yeah. just let him walk to their division rival. I mean, it's just – Not good. Not good. That poorly mismanaged situation. Um, Cubs are a mess, man. I mean, they signed Cody Bellinger to a one-year deal. But, like, the, like yeah, it's going to be good for, a good for deal them. for Bellinger. But, like – I don't even – I don't even think it was that bad for the Cubs, but like you got to do something more than that. Like you got to be, you know, they need something long term. I mean, yeah, like Jamison Tyone for four years. Like, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, we'll see. I think they need to land like a Swanson or a Correa, and I think if they don't, that's a huge, huge uh, disaster in the off season. But we will see. Yeah. 
All right, moving on. Prediction time. We got I got nine names we're gonna go with, so not too many, but uh real quick we're gonna go through, give our thoughts on the remaining free agents. We're gonna start off with the biggest name left, and that is Carlos Correa, primed to get a over three hundred million dollar contract. Seems like the Giants, the Cubs, maybe the Yankees are in on him. Some other teams maybe. What are you thinking? The Twins as well. Um, what are you thinking with Correa? For a while, I was actually just going to be a contrarian and say that he was going to remain, you know, with the Twins. I just had like a feeling, a weird feeling. But right now, I'm going to go with the Giants here. Uh, they were willing to spend big, as evidenced by Judge. They don't really care, and they look. Carlos Correa is one of the premier players in the sport. He is. He is an unbelievable player. And I get, look, you know, I think a lot of, like, the loss of, like, whatever, just the Astros organization. Like, <laughs> I was not, like, you can't even, like, say, like, oh, like, the Astros felt his, you know, felt his presence miss next year, of course, because they literally just, <laughs> they they just have this another other superstar waiting in the waiting in the wings who's already a World Series MVP at age 20. Three or whatever, but like whatever, it's all bullshit with the Houston Astros. I'm still salty, but look, I think Carlos Correa is one of the premier players in the sports. He's going to get a, a ton of money, and like I, I, the Giants, I'm just going to go. I think the Giants feel the need to to land a big whale after missing out on Judge, so I, I'm going to go with Correa to the Giants. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Giants too. Honestly, like I, I just think that right now they're just going to like give him just like a, the biggest deal. Yeah. Um, I think they know they need to land one of these guys. Um. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Giants for Carlos Correa. Um, will be interesting to see what they do because Brandon Crawford is still there, right? Yes. Oops. So And he's a very good defensive shortstop. So it's, it shows you how, vol- how volatile baseball really is. That, like Brandon Crawford came top five in MVP voting in 2021. Yeah. Um, but obviously he's not going to be there for much longer. No, 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 no. In no, his no. upper 30s. So, um, you know, maybe he'd move to like a DH type role. I don't really know, but he's so good defensively. You want him on the field. They're, I'm sure they'd figure something out. He's a long time guy there. They're not going to disrespect him by any means. So, but yeah, I think the Giants need someone. Why not get one of the best players out there? And Correa, you know, I know most of the market signed, but he was probably top three in this market to begin with. So, yeah, I'll go with the Giants as well. Dansby Swanson, another interesting guy. Um, you know, looks like he might get over $200 million, Rob, the way the market has gone. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, you want to take this one? You want to take this one? For, uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, I'm going to go with the weird one here. I'm going to yeah. go with the Arizona Diamondbacks. They were linked to Xander Bogarts. I think they reunite with Dansby Swanson. I think they were, they're going to shell out some money. Um, and I think they're just going to swoop in and, and steal them. I, I don't know. Kind of a weird prediction. But I feel like the Cubs are like the safe prediction. But yeah, I, feel like, gonna, yeah. I feel like our safe predictions never work. I, I uh, Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to be boring here, but I am going to go with the, Chicago, with the Chicago Cubs. I mean, they've been linked to him since like like literally the day after the after the season ended. So I'm, I'm going to go I'm gonna go with the Cubs, Swanson to the Cubs here. I didn't want to be boring, but uh, but uh, sorry, sorry, Griff. Very good. Moving on, Carlos Rodon, the best pitcher on the market. Seems like he's gonna get a fat contract. Your thoughts? I'm gonna go with the New York Yankees here. 
Uh, I think there's been way, way, way too much smoke the past two days for nothing to be there. And I think that I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think they're going to give him a, a lot of money. And it seems like it's see Steinbrenner and Cohen seem to be in this little uh, good for Yankees and Mets fans, by the way, that I, I don't know. I think Steinbrenner and Cohen might be in a little bit of a, you know, a small rivalry here. Who can, <laughs> who's going to be able to spend the most? And obviously Cohen's winning that competition so far. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I don't gonna... think I don't think Hal's going to quite get to. Uh, I think he's yeah. still a little little scared, but, you know, he yeah. good for him. I agree, though. I, I I've just seen way too much, and I think the Yankees at this point, they're going to make another big move, like they have to at this point. And after getting, like, dominated by the Astros, like, if they didn't, it'd just be an embarrassment. So, yeah, I'll go with the New York Yankees. I've just heard so much about them and Carlos Rodon from, you know, a lot of sources that are close also. Like, we talked about, like, a guy like Jack Curry. Like, this guy, like, is in the end. Like, you hear Yankees fans, well, like, always, you know, mention Jack Curry or show me Jack Curry's Twitter. Like, this is the guy that you know, is almost like the the in guy with the Yankees always seems to know what's going on. So yeah, I think the Yankees will uh will land Rodon at the end of the day. JD Martinez is the next name I have on the list. Kind of interesting older guy. Um still, you know, very good contact hitter. You know, the power's kind of waned a little bit. Your thoughts on where he'll end up. You wanna go I'm gonna let you still take the next couple for 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 first. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a little bit. Uh, you, you go ahead. I'm trying to think here. You know what? I actually do have a prediction. I actually do have a prediction because it just seems like the most. I'm gonna go with the Los Angeles Dodgers here. Okay. Um, I I think I actually think for once in once in our lifetimes, Griff, the Dodgers don't seem too spent too intent on spending a ton of money, which is yeah. a little weird to me. Like. It seemed like the trade. It never really seemed like they were that like in for Trey Turner. It never really seemed like they made like that big of an, an effort to want to get him back. I think they had kind of accepted that he was going to leave. Obviously, a lot of that reason was because he wanted to be on the East Coast. But it, you know, look, I, I, it, it seemed there have just been a few indications that the Dodgers aren't going to be willing to spend that much. But I think JD Martinez is sort of like the most Dodger signing. The most Dodger signing imagine will go over there and be, you know, one of the best players. He'll, of course, go over there and be one of the best players in the NL all regular season long. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, J.D. Martinez to the Dodgers. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Braves. Um, I mean, they've got to sign someone, like, to replace Dansby Swanson if he does leave. DH for them, I mean, they've got the the domestic, you know, DUI man himself, I guess, Marcelo Zuna, but um, – you know, I don't really know if he's going to be stopping them from signing JD. So I think a short term JD Martinez deal where he, you know, refines his MVP self in Atlanta just as, you know, get the money donated to that charity, man. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> the, the the Braves charity, whatever it is that, oh my God, I'm sure we'll get a Braves press release soon. But yeah, I'll go JD Martinez to the Braves. Why not? Next name, I got Chris Bassett. He goes to the Baltimore Orioles yep. here, Rob. Yeah, I, I, I think that yeah. I think you're going almost, with them too. Yeah, 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 I think that's almost. Obviously, he was posting some pictures in Philadelphia uh, last last night, but he, he obviously said that that didn't really mean anything. But uh, I, yeah. I, I'm going to go with the. Uh, I am going to go with the Orioles. They really need the pitching. The comments under the uh, Kyle Gibson the Orioles, the, the Orioles tweet were hilarious. They were like, <laughs> they were like, really? It was like that's it, basically. So yeah, I, I think that the the Orioles need. Pit- need pitching help because I think with legitimate pitching or with common and pitching, like this could be a team that really does sneak into the post, like mm-hmm. sneak into the postseason next year. I mean, 
Adley is obviously just so un, so unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Orioles. I think this team, like, I think Bassett for him, like, as long as they give him, like, the money that he's looking for in the years, which I think they would, um, you know, he'd be able to be on a team where, you know, he would almost be, like, the ace in a way. Um, yeah. So I think that's a great opportunity for him. I think it's a good ballpark for him to pitch in as well. I mean, with that huge wall they put up, um, you know, Chris Bassett, I think, would do very well there. Next name, Kodai, 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 Senga. I don't want to mispronounce my fellow, my future New York Met. That's who I'm predicting. I've just heard so much about this guy in the Mets. I mean, it seems like the fact that they're just, I mean, I think they're just spending money and, I mean, you've seen I've seen clips of Buck Showalter, Billy Epler. They're just gushing about this guy. I mean, it it just seems like one of the worst kept secrets that uh, you know, they're in love with him. And I think they're looking for a three starter kind of to replace Chris Bassett. Um, you know, Bassett I think still could be in play for the Mets, but I just think his age, the years he's looking for, the money, I think they'd rather go with a uh upside play with Sanga, who obviously hasn't pitched in the MLB before, but you know, with the stuff he possesses, um, you know, if he pans out, you're looking at three aces at the top of that Mets rotation. But obviously it's a huge gamble, but I'm going to go with the Mets. Yeah, I'm going to go with the New York Mets here too, as much as I really, really hope it doesn't happen. Like you said, like a lot of the times with like Major League Baseball, like a lot of these teams are really not trying to keep secrets. Like there's too much smoke. It's almost like with the Carlos Rodon thing, like there's too much smoke. That, that's going on there and look i hope it doesn't happen i really really do i hope like the dodgers change their mind or something <laughs> at the last minute and hope we can sweep in and take them but like yeah i'm gonna go sing it to the dodgers like you said I, i'm just gonna echo your reasoning like i think once like it seems as though once uh big stevie c up there once once has a side set on a player he'll keep upping and up in that price until until uh until that player is in that so yeah right. yeah Next name on the list, Andrew Benintendi. This one's an interesting one, to be honest. Um, I don't know. Do you have a team that you think might sign Benintendi? Well, I don't. I, I was about to be a little redundant here, but no, I don't really. No, they would never actually spend. You, you go ahead, Griff. I, I have a team in mind, but I don't really think they'll actually spend any type of money. Go, go ahead. Um, this is really a tough one. I mean, I the Yankees are obviously a team that's been interested. I'll go with the team. I'll go with the team here. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I team. all right. I'm gonna go with the Houston Astros here. Mm. But I think, like, I don't know. I, I he he was obviously he really was not very good last year once he got to. New York at all. He did not work out, but I, I don't think, I, I think the Astros are the, are the type he'll, he'll get into Houston and regain, regain form. So I don't know. I think he like need a little outfield depth out there. It's one of the few things they need, but so I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Andrew Benintendi to the Astros. I'm going to go with the uh, Texas Rangers. Okay. Um, this team just spends money. I feel like the outfield, they could use another guy. Um, I don't think I'm forgetting anyone that plays left field for them or, you know, somewhere in the outfield at least. Um, I know they have a list, but he's center field, right? Yes. So left field should be, you know, I don't think there's really anyone that's there. So 
Yeah, I think the Rangers make a, a splash. They've added, you know, three starters, um, including Martin Perez on the qualifying offer. So, you know, go help that lineup a little bit, get Benintendi. Um, so, yeah, I'll go with him. Michael Conforto, very interesting name. Um, next name on my list. Um, what do you think for him? I feel like Michael Conforto is like, <laughs> we talk about him. I feel like we talk about him every year. Like, I don't know. He's wow. been a free agent, it feels like, for years now. <laughs> you wanna you wanna start this out as a as a former man, I think, and I think it'll it's only appropriate. <sighs> only appropriate. Um I really am curious to see the deal he gets, like what yeah. the contract is, if it's a one year prove it deal, which I feel like I think I think that's be. what it'll end up being. Um in which case it's a tough one, man. This is a, another I tough I, one. I really don't have it. I don't even have a team in mind. I think it's just going to be a team who, who looks for some production. I mean, he's been linked to a team like the Mariners. Um, no, they're not going to sign. Uh, no. I was thinking the Giants, but I don't think they'd sign him because he's just so – he can only play one position. Mm-hmm. Um. Like this is where it gets tough. Like you have no idea where the, where this type of guy is going to sign. Really, I'm going to go with the Washington Nationals. Um, look, this team. They've talked, I think, about getting like some lefty pop in there. I don't think this is a bad deal for them if they go one year on Michael Conforto or two years even. Um, you know, they have nothing to lose at this point. Their payrolls, you know, it's not the lowest actually because they've got Strasburg and Corbin's. Uh, contracts on there so you know they've got some money but I'm gonna go with Michael Conforto to the Washington Nationals why not I'm gonna go I'll go with the White Sox here um I, I was thinking about them yeah you got the White Sox here obviously like their struggles defensively in the outfield are well very well known especially like very well known I mean I don't think Michael Conforto is gonna be fixing that <laughs> no, yeah I mean that's kind of why I'm a little skeptical here but like I so like, but I think they do need a bat. So I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like you said, Conforto is not exactly gonna be helping that out. But like, I, that's just why I'm a little skeptical. Oh, but, I got breaking breaking news live on the show. Kevin Kiermeyer to the Toronto Blue Jays. Was he a name on the list? Was he one of the last names on the list, Kerf? He was not one of the last names on the list. I have one more name on the list, and that is uh, Nathan Evaldi. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll go with I'll go with the White Sox here just because they need some out. They need some any any type of help they can get in the outfield. Yeah, I agree. Um, last name Nathan Avaldi. Um, I'm gonna go with the San Francisco Giants. Oh. I think they replaced Carlos Rodon exactly with right. Nate Avaldi. I'm an, I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement with with you there. All right, so we have let me think one, two, yeah, three, four, five, and a <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I some of them are pretty like reasonable, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, I agree. Like, I think the Bassett one, I think Bassett to the Orioles is like almost almost a foregone conclusion at this point, but like, yeah, so that's uh, not too bad. But there you go. I know we wanted to do uh, you know, a, a broader free agent predictions, but all these guys freaking signed in the span of four days, so um, yeah. it is what it is. Um, but that'll do it for, uh, for the MLB section of today's, uh, episode. So definitely been a very fun, uh, time discussing all these deals. We'll, uh, you know, as guys like Correa, Swanson, Rodon sign, we'll, 
we'll talk about them in the show. Um, but moving on to the NFL, uh, it was another crazy week of action, and then a Thursday night football game. Yeah, I mean, come on, absolutely. Let's, sorry, let's insane. let's talk about the Thursday night game. Let's talk about the Thursday night game here for a second, because I'm just trying to make sure that this actually screen shares this time. I think so, it is okay. Let me ask you a question: Why? And Raiders fans say it have been saying it all year. The Raiders are up 13-3 in the second quarter. And they just start running the ball over and over and over again. I love Josh Jacobs. He's a great player. He has he averaged three and a half yards a carry that Thursday night. This and look, I, I am frustrated as a Devontae Adams fantasy owner after he's been done. <laughs> but like, man, what a terrible game plan. You don't let the Rams breathe. You keep throwing. They were having success throwing the ball in the first quarter and a half, and then they just stopped doing it. Josh McDaniels should not. And look, all credit to Baker. He was really unbelievable. What he did on that last drive was really special, uh, combined with a lot of stupidity from the Raiders. But, like, yeah. this is, I, I, it really was disgraceful from the Las Vegas Raiders. And I, no one on that coaching staff should have a job. Yeah. I mean, letting Baker Mayfield run that comeback on you is pretty, pretty crazy. I mean, good for Baker, Baker Mayfield. Like, have 15 more attempts than, than Derek Carr. With these receivers, the number one receiver, Ben Skronik, Northwestern alum. I mean, an unbelievable catch. He made an unbelievable catch, Griff. He did. I mean, this, these receive, I mean, look at these names, man. I mean, it, you would think this team is tanking for like Victor Wembanyama. I mean, it, it's like, <laughs> look, like, what are, what is that? that win was huge for the Eagles, though. That was a huge win for the Eagles. Yeah, it was. And, but... and... No, go ahead. Bella, look, I, I'm, I've just never seen that bad of a game plan. Like, I was like, I understood they were up by 13 points, but I was like, are they gonna, are they gonna attempt to throw the ball? Run after run after run after run. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, at this point, look, Josh Jacobs, like he's had an incredible year. This guy's a stud. You know, he's breaking down though. I mean, this guy is like yeah, got like much. four different injuries. He's getting like 30 carries a game. I mean, this guy is just like having a crazy season, but he's just falling apart at this point. And, you know, Derek Carr wasn't good in this game, but like, man, you got to use, they've been using Tay Adams too. That's what's like frustrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tay Adams has, he's been like his production. Like we talked about it a few weeks ago, like Tay Adams has been a lot better in, I mean, he's, been, he's always yeah. good, but it's been, they've been better in getting him the ball. And like, wait, we got, yeah, sorry, sorry, Griff, I, Griff, I could just go on one point. As soon as they've been getting the ball, they won a bunch of games and they won a bunch yeah. of games in a row. I wonder if those two things are correlated with each other. Yeah. I mean, this was a game for the Raiders. They would have been, what, six and seven, like right in the fun back in it. Yeah. That, and it was against the Rams team. That's just terrible. I mean, it, it with Baker Mayfield, who barely knows the playbook, and they lose. I mean, it's this is a horrible loss. I think their, season is, their season is over at this point. Yep. Now they're done. Um, Look, they have now oh, lost Jeff Saturday and Baker Mayfield this year. I mean, look, Baker Mayfield, like, no, I, I'm happy for him. Like, good for him. Like, the Panthers situation was terrible. I mean, you had Matt Rule as the head coach. You had a terrible offensive line, terrible team. And this team isn't very good, but Sean McVay, like, this guy is one of the best head coaches in the NFL for a reason. Like, he – obviously, this team has had a disastrous year. They've had injuries left and right. Um, you know, they lost some guys over the offseason, whatever you want to blame. But 
this win for Baker Mayfield, so impressive. Good for him. And yeah, man, like this Rams team obviously is terrible. Um, you know, they don't have their first round pick, so they're going to try and win every week. I mean, there's no reason not to for them, which I think is a good thing. Like this team right now, if they can just figure some things out, um, you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing, but it's going to be very interesting to see how Baker does the rest of the way with this uh, disastrous receiving core. But um, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. All right, moving on. Um, I mean, there were some crazy games last week. We'll we'll kind of talk about it as we go. Um, the 49ers, oh, man, we'll talk about them. Vikings-Lions, the Lions actually favored in this game the way, uh, you know, betters have kind of bet. This this Detroit team is pretty good, Rob. I mean, Jared you know, Goff. You know, I, you know, I agree. He's I'm solid, not- man. Like, Jared Goff gets a lot of hate, but this guy has done a very good job this year. Minnesota Vikings, though, they're very good. They beat the Jets. I mean, that was an absolutely crazy game last week. Tough loss for the Jets. Um, yeah, I mean, very tough. Like, yeah. a lot of – just not – they didn't execute well enough in the red zone at all, uh, the, yeah. the New York Jets. Um, and, look, I'm going to be real with you. I think the Minnesota Vikings suck. I really do. They're not – look, I think they're a well-coached team. That's evidenced by 9-0 and teams. But they've gone up against two contenders this year. And they've got – Two NFC contenders, I should say, and they've gotten smashed, yep. and they've gotten smashed twice. Like I understand they beat the Bills, which is one of the luckiest victories you'll ever see in your life, from the Jefferson catch to the Josh Allen fumble. But look, I mean, I think that the Detroit Lions are a really good team, and I- I'm just going to single out one of the uh, specific player. I'm on Ross St. Brown is is unbelievable. This guy is one of the biggest weapons. Like it- it's unbelievable. Like. Jared Goff, I believe, is like in the mid twenties in EPA, which is basically it's basically like <laughs> the best way I can explain. It, I think everybody at this point is pretty familiar with EPA. I think it's sort of like made its way into the mainstream, but it's basically like yards that matter. Like that's the best way I can describe it. But like, but w- with a Monroe, without a Monroe St. Brown on the field, and then he's fourth with a Monroe St. Brown on the field. And like you said, I think Jared Goff has actually been pretty solid. You know, I, I solid to the point where it might allow the Lions to wait. Up for Caleb Williams a little bit if they want if that's what they so choose. I don't to know do. if they want to run that risk though. It's, we'll see where they end up with their position. Yeah, no, I, I agreed. And uh, look, I I I I actually am going to go with the Lions to win this game. If you're asking me to make a prediction here, um, I think that the Vikings really are not very good. I think they deal with adversity well. I think that they're they're very well coached. I think Kirk has been good this year, but. Do I think that they're an elite football team? Do I think that they're as good as the the Niners, even without Jimmy G, the Cowboys, or the Eagles? Absolutely not. Um, and I, I think the Lions really they, – they they lost to the Eagles by three. They lost to the Bills by three. This is a team that could very well be seven and five, eight and four. Look, they they, they were really poor in, in you know, in, in close games, but they're four and one over their last five with a game-winning, game-losing loss to the Bills and a field goal. This is a good – good football team that I think is actually playing better than the Minnesota Vikings at the moment. Yeah, the Lions have been playing really well. And, you know, Dan Campbell, I mean, this guy was on the hot seat for a while. I know his clock management and he's had some issues, but like the way people have bought into his scheme and and what he does, you know, I I think he's earned his job for next year. And this team has been pretty good. I think their system is well. And yeah, but I am going to take the Minnesota Vikings. I do think they're a better team. Um, I think that offense is very elite. I think Justin Jefferson is just one of those players that's just yeah. very hard to guard. I mean, the Jets with that great secondary, 
you know, they contained him well, but still got a touchdown, still had catches in those big moments. So there's only so much you can do to contain this guy. I think he'll have another strong game. And, uh, you know, defensively, they haven't been too bad either. It'll be close as it always is with both these teams, it feels like. So should be a good game. Excited for this one. But, yeah, I'm going to go with the Vikings. Yeah, I just think it's going to be one of those classic NFC North games. But I think that the Vikings generally have benefited from playing the, like, they're good. Like, they're not a bad team. I don't want to They played the, – they beat in all four AFC East teams, which is a very good division. It is impressive. It is. Although I think that the Patriots are really questionable. They are fraudulent. But the rest of the teams are all, in my opinion, oh, like good. Yeah. very solid teams. And they beat the Mike White Jets, who is yeah, very different than little, Zach Wilson Jets. Yeah, we do have to have a little bit of a discussion about the Miami Dolphins after this. But, uh, like, I think – I do think that the Lions uh, – I don't know. I think that the Lions are just playing really well. And I think there's probably a little bit of uh, an Eagles fan wanting a three-game cushion. And it is a three-game cushion because we do have the tiebreaker over the Vikings. Uh, they'll – any Vikings loss essentially takes them out of the race for the two seed or for the one seed, yeah. I should say, in the first round by. So I think you guys will have the one seed. I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. Yeah. But look, I, I'd love, I'd like to see, and I, I, I'm a huge Amon Ross St. Brown fan, even before he was on my fantasy team, which <laughs> I love you, Amon You've been, you've been eating my man. You really have. But uh, this guy really is. He's the ultimate security blanket, is how I would describe him. Yeah. Absolutely. Raven Steelers. This game sucks. I mean, Tyler Huntley is going to be playing. Ravens offense, man. I mean, just, Lamar, yeah. we've been saying it. Like, this guy is just – they have failed him completely uh-huh. um, as an organization. He has no weapons there, has been having to run essentially every freaking play. Um, they're still 8-4, and four, but, like, this team's going to get bounced immediately in the playoffs. I mean, we all know that. They have no weapons, no one to throw to. It's just sad. Like, even as, like, a guy who likes the Browns, it's just, like, this guy just is being wasted right now. I mean, obviously, they have a great scheme for him, but he just has no freaking weapons. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Um, Yeah. This game is interesting. I mean, the Steelers have been playing well. Kenny Pickett, you know, I don't know if he's been playing well, but he's been getting the job done. They beat up on the bad teams, which is what you're supposed to do. Um, I'm going to go with the Steelers, man, at home. Um, No Lamar Jackson. Like, Tyler Huntley – has been solid when he's been in there, but I don't know. There's just no weapons. There's no one to throw to. There's just, I just think it's going to be super low scoring. You and, uh, you know, you know, I, I just think Pittsburgh's got, you know, a better offense right now than the Ravens are going to have in this game. You know, as crazy as it sounds, honestly, this, this is going to be a very low scoring game. I think Mike Tomlin, I think unbelie- somehow unbelievably Mike Tomlin might be able to keep his streak up, which is unbelievable. I've never had I don't that. think he'll get in the pl- winning season or playoffs. Winning season, winning season. Look, I don't know. I mean, they're two losses remaining- away from. I, I suppose, but they have the Panthers and the Raiders at home on their remaining schedule. They play Panthers, Raiders, twice against Ravens and Browns. Yeah, but if they lose two games, they're screwed. So Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You, you are correct. I mean. I I I do think it's been important though that they've actually been able to to win some games here. But like I, I look, uh, I just gave them a big hype up speech, and now I'm gonna pick the Ravens anyway because I think Tyler Huntley actually is. They were struggling last week, but I actually do think Tyler Huntley is among the more confident backups in the NFL as he proved last year. Um, and yeah, I mean I I think that the Ravens are going to have to take a very serious look at themselves in the mirror after, after this season, because it's been the same thing that the Ravens always are. They're a good team. They have a good, they have a solid defense, like, but, but they, they failed Lamar Jackson. They they, look, and I I think 
the the fact that they're refusing to pay Lamar, who's been the one force that's kept them relevant over these years, is I, I think the ultimate cherry on top. I I you you said it before there. You were really hammering this point down that Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews, despite how good Mark Andrews is, were not going to be enough. And and you are right. I mean, the it's year after year after year that they failed Lamar Jackson, who is one of the premier talents in the National Football League. And, yeah, I mean it's it's it, it's sad, but I think Lamar. I I don't think you're going to see Lamar in a Ravens uniform very soon. Yeah, I, like honestly, yeah, he's got to be fed up at this point, man. Like he, they haven't paid him, and then they've given him this situation, which is just a disaster. Like you look at all these superstar teams, like they have like weapons. Like, like the only how team. The Bills, like, how about the how about the Bills and the Eagles? What the, what did they do to do to help their young quarterbacks? They traded for a wide receiver one instead. The, the Ravens traded their wide receiver one away. Yeah, and like Hollywood Brown is like he's been showing out. Like he's he's been a solid player these last two years. Like he's probably not a wide receiver one, but like a real target to throw. I don't know, man. It's just sad. I feel for Lamar. Um, yeah, I mean this team. I like. I'll be honest. They suck. Like they they might have eight wins, but like this is a team that they're gonna get bounced immediately in the freaking playoffs. Yep, I agree. Browns Bengals. Interesting game. I mean the Bengals are just so hot. Um, big win against the Chiefs. They just have Pat Mahomes' number as crazy as it is. Um, yeah. They just can't beat him. And, you know, no excuses anymore. We kind of had some excuses about the Chiefs' performances last year at this point. Like, it's nothing nothing to say. I mean, they, the Bengals just own them three times. You beat them. I mean, there's that. Um, this is a crazy prediction, but I'm going to pick the Cleveland Browns here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't know. No, they beat them five times. This is no, Rob. This is like, yeah, this team just like owns the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, it's so weird. Um, I mean, Deshaun Watson was terrible last week. I mean, this guy right now. I mean, he he's bad. He's not a bad player, but like, holy cow, that was bad last week. Like, he, there's nothing there. But Kevin Stefanski, if he's figured one thing out, it's how to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I, you know. I think it'll be an interesting game, but I don't know, man. It's just weird. Like the Browns just like have the Bengals number as good as a team that, as the Bengals are. So we'll see. Maybe Cleveland can climb up. Um, you know, looking at their remaining schedule, Bengals, Ravens, Saints, Commanders, Steelers. So it's not the worst in the world, especially if Lamar doesn't play next week. Um, you know, there, there's a path potentially. I'm not saying I don't think they'll be in the playoffs whatsoever, but um you know, this is the key week for them. If they win this one, you know, then you can maybe start dreaming about it. But, yeah, why not? I'm going to go with the Browns. You know, I think this will be – I think we'll see Deshaun a little more comfortable this week. Um, I, I just think, you know, he kind of gets – had to get some of that rust out. I don't think he's going to be on that level that they expect, but I think he'll be – I mean, I don't think he could be much worse than last week. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals here. I, I do appreciate the optimism, and I do understand that the Browns really have, have been, you know, the owner of the Bengals over the past couple of years, but I think that the Bengals have really separated themselves among the teams in the AFC. And I am going to show a little Miami Dolphins disrespect here. I'm going to say that they're really too – I think there's really, like, an upper echelon of teams in the AFC, and that is the Bills, Chiefs, and Bengals. Um, I think Joe Burrow is even better than he was last year. I, I think that this guy has just been getting better and better and better every single year, which is – so scary for teams around the league because he was already a very good quarterback last year. But yeah, I think the Bengals, like they're so solid defensively on all three levels. That's that. And and I think that's so underappreciated. Like they, they might not have a star. Look, I, Trey Hendrickson's a really good player. 
you know, but they, they, they're just really solid defensively at all three levels. They, they really don't have a lot of weaknesses, which is huge. And that receiving core is just next level. I mean, T Higgins and Jamar and Tyler Boyd, although he dropped one of the easiest catch touchdown passes you'll ever see last week, it's still a really, really good wide receiver three. Um, yeah. And I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals here. I think that they're hot. I think that they're going to roll. I think the they'll start to separate themselves from the Ravens at some point here in that I, in that AFC North race. And after after a shaky start in which, you know, we were really coming after their next saying, you know, oh, this is their one shot. Like, this team looks like they're going to be really solid for a long time to come. And I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, Cincinnati Bengals here. Absolutely. The Bengals are a very, very good team. Should be fun to see. Jets, Bills. Um Give me an interesting game. Um, I, I just want to say, like the Bills, like I don't, the, this Bills hype is still going. Like I saw some yeah, posts the other day from like I'm with you. I'm with you. Yes, I think it is either ESPN or NFL Network, and like they were like polling like best team in the NFL, and both answers were the Buffalo Bills. I was just like, what? Like this is crazy. Like we're still oh, yeah. doing this. Like before the season, it was this like. I've never seen one team unquestionably be crowned Super right. Bowl champs about, before the season. Like, like, I how about like the fact like, and to me like that's a sign of like Chiefs and Mahomes disrespect for me who have beaten them every single freaking year. Yeah. In the and and we'll probably do it again this year. Yeah. Um, I I don't know, man. Like the the Bills are the hype. I mean, look, this is a good team. Don't get me wrong, but like we're still right. saying this is like the unquestionable best team. Like, come yeah, on. No. Like, I think that there are two teams better definitively better than them. And one might be by that. Like, no, uh, the Eagles they, and the bills are definitely, I would, or the Eagles and the chiefs are better. I would, sure. I would say like the Cowboys too are in that. I have yeah. inserted themselves into that category, but like Cowboys are really freaking good. Yeah. No, I was going to say the, I wasn't even going to respect the chiefs that much for like the Cowboys, I think are, are really, we'll talk about them in a second, but like, like you said, I can't, I can't agree with this enough. Like to me, like, I get how important Josh Allen, but what has Josh Allen done to separate himself from Jalen Hurts this year? He he's he he is he is he turns the ball over way more than Jalen Hurts, or like not even Jalen Hurts, but even a guy like a guy like like Mahomes has been infinitely better than him this year. I think Joe Burrow has been better than him this year. Like there was like this whole movement to anoint Allen the MVP and give the Bills a Super Bowl before the year even started, and it's really continuing. I don't get it. I think they're an excellent football team. I do, but I don't. I don't see it with them. I think that they make way too many mistakes. I think they turn the ball over way, way, way too much. Um, yeah, and, and at the end of the day, like, I'll say this, I, I, and to, to credit, this is really a credit to Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. There's not a lot of talent on that offense outside of Allen and Diggs. Gabe Davis had a great AFC, you know, he had a great playoff game last year. The guy's not a wide receiver, too, in the NFL. He, no. He's not. To compare him to even a Michael Gallup or a Devontae Smith is is, is it's not that that you're you're lacking if you're about if you're a Buffalo Bill like if you're a Buffalo Bills fan like I, I look I actually think like Isaiah McKenzie's like been more valuable yeah right I, I mean, he had four catch, yeah I mean he's on the he he got picked up a couple of weeks to go to the fantasy team, <laughs> so, so I'm in agreement with you there but um yeah look I and Von Miller's out for the year now which is which is huge yeah. for them. That being said I am going to predict a, a, a Bills victory this weekend but I I do think that they're that that I, I agree with you upon this but like look I think the New York Jets are a really good team I still think that they're going to make the playoffs even even if they lose this week I think Mike White has been really really solid I think Robert Sala is an unbelievable coach and like you said that that secondary and that defense as a whole is is just scary it is I mean Sauce Gardner Quinn and Williams like those guys can those those dudes can just ball uh, at the end of the day and yeah. Uh, like the New York Jets are are 
are a really good football team, but it, it is tough to go. It is tough to go into Buffalo and win, especially a divisional games. So I am going to pick the Buffalo Bills here. Yeah, I'm going to go the Bills here too. Um, yeah, it, it's just tough to go into Buffalo and win this game. Um, I think it'll be close. Garrett Wilson, man. Garrett Wilson's a superstar. And, um, yeah, Wilson, you know, yeah. I could have told you, I, I, you know, he was my top receiver coming out of, uh, you know, draft class last year. He's special. Like, he's the next, you know, I don't know if he'll get to the Jamar Jefferson level where they, those guys are, like, just crazy. But, like, he's going to be right there with them. I mean, this guy's a superstar. Um, if he gets, like, a legit QB, like, we've seen with Mike White these last two weeks. Like, holy cow. Like, this kid is crazy. Um yeah, I, I just think Buffalo, just at Buffalo, it's just a tough place to play. So I'm going to go with the uh, the Buffalo Bills here, but I think it'll be close. And, man, Robert Sala's defense, I, I you know, you can never keep the Jets out of any game because of that defense. So we will see. Should be a very good game. This next game, obviously, we'll be able to be picking the Cowboys here. Um, I mean, just talk to me about, you know, this Dallas team, the way they're playing. Offensively, yeah. they've been really freaking good. Defensively, yeah. they're incredible. Your thoughts? Yeah, defensively, I think this team is is by far the best defensive team in the NFL, and it's not even close. I mean, Dan Quinn is just a beast of a coach. I mean, he really turned them from, like, one of the worst units in the NFL to one of the best, and obviously that was helped by number 11. I mean, that guy's just a total monster, despite his uh, question, despite, you know, some of his questionable actions at Penn State, but uh, I always have to bring them up because I'm an Eagles fan, but, like, you know how <laughs> – oh, sorry, that's, that's actually uh, – our friend James Siegel texting me about Penn State basketball, but uh, uh sorry. Let, let, let me do not disturb real quick, Griff. Let, let me do not disturb. That's my fault. Uh, my fault, everybody. But um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Dallas Cowboys here. I think their defense is really special, but you know, I am a little concerned about Dak Prescott, Griffin. I mean, the guy really hasn't looked all all that great. Their running game, they they've sort of, I think, finally found this perfect balance between Zeke and Pollard after all these years, where like. That those dudes are just that two-headed monster is just insane. Cowboys are one of the best teams in the league. They are. I, I you know, there's there are no two ways about it. Like that the, the these these guys are elite. They're they're I I dare dare I say a Mike McCarthy team looks like they're coached well. Um they have a lot of depth, like I, you know, CD is sort of coming in their zone, but like you I think there are a lot of question marks around the quarterback. I I, I do. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he's played well, but yeah, there there's been times where he's turned over the ball in big spots and you know, he hasn't had that big playoff moment. So, obviously, the jury's – I mean, I wouldn't say the jury's still out. Dak Prescott's a very out. good quarterback. But, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, this Dallas team is always going to be in the game. You know, them and Philly are, are the top two teams, I guess you got to say, probably in the NFC. But, you know, those 49ers, even with Brock Purdy, can never be uh, counted out. So, um, we'll see. I mean, this is another game that's going to be a blowout. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the Giants pulled the tie last week against Commanders and what would turn into be a mess of a game at the end. Um, but, yeah, the Eagles are going to probably, you know, beat up the Giants. Um, who, you know, at this point with Odell, like, I don't know what the deal is with Odell. I mean, it seems like they're the only team that still might consider signing him. Um, I th- you know, I, I think the funny part is, like, it turns out that Odell was actually too hurt to play all along, which is like, what the hell yeah. is that all about? Like, like I don't know, like, but I guess if was I was if I was in I posi- in his position, I would be like wanting to like be like courted around the country by my friends, sitting at like the nicest restaurants and you know courtside yeah. of basketball games. I think I'd be wanting to do it, be wanting to do that too. But like you said, like it seems like you see all this like oh Odell and Saquon have unfinished business. Like he was saying that I don't know, I don't know what's going on there. But um, 
yeah, I'm going to go with the Eagles here. I, I was a little nervous about this game until I found, you know, until it turns out that Xavier McKinney and Adoree Jackson are going to be out. I, I think that the this Eagles team is going to feast. And, like, I am just so impressed with Jalen Hurts because, you know, I you know I was a Jalen Hurts skeptic. Yeah. I wasn't. Very skeptical. I, I, I really was. I thought that we were going to end up drafting a quarterback after this year. I even, at one point, embarrassingly advocated for Russell Wilson to the Eagles, which just would have been such a disaster. But, yeah, Jalen Hurts is like, Oh, my God. Obviously, yeah. That would have been the dude, greatest, yeah. like, heist ever. I mean, I don't know what Hackett would have done, but, like, Hurts and, like, first to the fucking Broncos. Yeah. Excuse my language, yeah. but, like, holy cow. To the, well, to the Seahawks, it would have been, but yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. That's true. So, yeah. oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. So, like, uh, well, that's a whole domino effect because then you never see Gino. Like, it's so weird to think about, but, like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, look, the, the Eagles have just been – Jalen Hurts, obviously, back-to-back NFC Offensive Player of the Week's awards. The guy can beat you through the ground or through the air. I mean, he put on a dominant passing performance against the Titans last week, and then it's helped by the fact that he, he does have – the Eagles do have the best offensive line in the NFL. I mean, especially when it yeah. comes to protect quarter, like by I think by like a not insignificant margin either. But I I think like this team can run the ball at will. They can throw the ball at will. I, I I am a little concerned by how passive they are at times. But that that victory last week was just resounding, and I think it really was a statement when after a couple, you know, maybe sputtering weeks that that, that this team had, had really become you know had really just they're they're into form and. Uh, I think that they're gonna. It's gonna be a not not close game this weekend in New York. I think you're gonna yeah. see a lot of Eagles. I think you're gonna see a lot of Eagles fans in New York this weekend. Yeah, I think you covered it pretty well. I don't really have too much more to say than that. Jags Titans. Um, you know, Titans fire John Robinson after uh, you know, AJ Brown goes crazy <laughs> on him. Pretty funny. Um, Mike Rabel seems to be. You know, he's really gonna be in charge now in that yeah. Titans organization, as he should. He should. Um, Titans have been, you know, they they got killed last week. They haven't been playing the best ball, but uh, you know, Derrick Henry against the AFC South always seems to be, uh, you know, and he's due <laughs> at this point too. So it's a guaranteed yeah. two hundred yards for Derrick Henry against an AFC South and an AFC yeah. South. So yeah, I'm and go here as well. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Titans. I mean, he's just dude. This team also like they don't really go on big losing streaks. So, no, they don't. Um, they don't. They'll, get, they'll bounce back this week. I don't really have more to say than that. Chiefs-Broncos, I mean, obviously this is a, a Chiefs – I don't know. I mean, the Broncos' defense is good. I, I don't know if it'll be – I mean, it'll probably be a 20-point cl- win. Yeah. But it could be close. I mean, the Broncos Chiefs have kind of had, had some – Chiefs have had some sketchy games recently. No, no, they haven't. Look, like the Broncos' defense is like – Really which good. makes you the rusty like the Broncos defense is like an elite de- like it is like there are no boat like that's an elite defense that they're, that they're putting yeah. out every week even after like Bradley Bradley Trump's first but like yeah like I the Kansas City Chiefs uh look the the, the Bengals have their number there are no two ways but like this team this team like you said had had some sketchy games but I I still you know believe in the elite I'll never doubt the eliteness of Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid and, and Travis Kelsey together and Travis Kelsey obviously you know, he obviously he uh, he said he cost them the game last week on that. Uh, I do love. I, I mean, we've shot it out before, but that that the, the Kelsey that's brother, an wow. incredible podcast. Yeah, yeah. The Kelsey, it's incredible. Yeah, and then the, the the Hurts and Mahomes just on like, I, and Patrick Mahomes actually really does have like a great personality. Like you never like he a lot of times yeah. obviously gets criticized for like the off field actions of like his brother and his and his wife, especially you know interacting with fans. But like, which is like, I mean, the brother's one thing. The wife is like, I think a little. <laughs> 
a little out of control, but yeah, no, no, I yeah. do. Agree. I, I definitely agree. But, but like Patrick Mahomes, you would never like guess those like two things like tying to each other because that, that Patrick Mahomes is, it seems like a great guy, but like Travis Kelsey obviously owned up the cost in them game. I, I have a feeling that they're gonna take out a lot of their anger on the Denver Broncos this weekend, so I am gonna go with the yeah. Game. Let me see. I feel like what would what was this team's recent game? So the loss. Rams, like, they didn't play their best game. No, Chargers were always really close. They always play a lot of close games, this team, though. They always play a lot yeah, of close they games. They do. They, oh, this my is, the Texans. I mean, oh, my God. Yeah, like, they, they're they they're going to win out, I think, so. Probably. Um, Panthers, Seahawks. Sam Darnold, man, he, he, he showed yeah. some flashes. I mean, good for him. Um, you know, I feel for the guy. I really do. Um, Baker and Baker and Sam, like, like, it's like your uh, ex-wives from a past life, Griffin. Literally. Um, Seattle, they've kind of been taking a downturn a little bit. Um, Gino, you know, he's still playing well. I, I'm going to give them this win, obviously. I think this the Panthers suck. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have too much to say. Kenneth Walker, I think, is game-time decision, so that could be big. But, like, He's also slowed down a little bit. Like he hadn't really been rushing for like as many yards per game um, in the last three, four games. So he's he's a great player. I'm not going to discount that. But you know, um, I feel like there's been a little bit of too much hype on him. When I feel like, you know, I don't know. I'm going to go with the Seahawks at the end of the day. Geno Smith with these weapons has just been incredible. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the the Seahawks. Are like, dude, like whatever like of the Seahawks struggles like that they had have not been related to Gino like no he hasn't faded at all. I was expecting him to regress a little bit like this guy has been a top five quarterback in football this year he he has like top top seven I'll say top seven I, yeah. I went over the board but like top seven I'll say but like this guy really has been elite like he earned himself he's earned himself a lot of money I, I, I there's not much more to be said about Gino Smith he hasn't regressed he's been great all year but I do want to give a quick shout out to somebody we haven't talked on the podcast who we really should have is, and that's Tariq Wolin, who's been yeah. on re- fourth round rookie, been one of the best corners in the sport. I mean, him and Sauce have been holding it down in the NFC and the AFC for those yeah. for those rookies respectively. Like Tariq Wolin has been a monster, a monster back there, and I'm gonna go to the Seattle Seahawks. And all of a sudden, the Seattle Seahawks are eight and five, Griffin, if they win this game, and you know they're right there for that division. They they, they are yeah. Right- yeah, they got a tough path to 49ers, Chiefs, Jets after that. And then obviously you got game, the Rams. That Thursday, night game, that Thursday night game is monumental. In uh, Seattle, though, which is huge. Which is especially huge. with Brock Look, Purdy. I, I, I do believe the Seahawks have a path to winning this division. So we'll 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 yeah. see how we'll see how it is. Bucks 49ers. This Tampa Bay team is a mess, man. I mean, they obviously have the big comeback last week against uh New Orleans, but Oh my god! I mean, they just—it's just like an inability to score. It's just almost really—it's really weird to be honest. Like I don't really understand why they're so bad offensively. Um, you know, Brady's definitely regressed, but he's not—he's not bad by any means. I don't think he's yeah, awful. exactly. It's kind of weird. I mean, Godwin and, and Mike Evans have been there. It's—it's it's strange, but it's, it's San Fran, man. It's I just want to talk about San Fran. Yeah, yeah. Um, this team is just incredible. I mean, they. It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback, I think, with this team. Like, we saw last week, like, that Miami team, like, I know you're – whenever, you know, we predict their game, I, they're playing this week, right? Or are they on bye? I think they're on a bye. I think they're on a bye. Actually, no, 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 no. They are playing. No, they're playing. They yeah, are. They, are they should be playing. They're playing. Yeah, we're going to get to them next. But, like, I, I, this team is still – the Dolphins, to me, are still one of the better teams in the AFC. Offensively, 
Mike McDaniel, like, I will never doubt that guy. Like, and you see the clip of him. I think that was from this week where he was like, oh, like, I fucked up. Like, that was on me or yeah, something yeah. regard. Um, yeah. And they came out, man, right away, 75-yard touchdown. I was like, holy crap. Like, that, that was crazy. <laughs> but the Niners, man, this defense is just crazy. It is so good offensively. It was CMC, Debo. I mean, it to me, like, this team is going to figure something out. And I think Brock Purdy was solid last week. This is a tough test. I mean, you see, you know, Brady doesn't really lose to rookies, but like the way this Bucks team has been playing, I'm picking the 49ers in this game. Um, I just think they have like Kyle Shanahan, like with Debo McCaffrey, oh, like he'll find ways to score. The Bucks, I think, are going to struggle with this Niners defense. I mean, they, they've been struggling recently offensively. They haven't been putting points on the board. And I don't think that's going to start at San Francisco against this incredible defense. So I'm going to go with San Francisco with Brock Purdy. Um, such a tough loss, though. I mean, losing Jimmy G, like, he's just the guy you want in there. Um, you know, he just knows the system. He's so efficient at times. It sucks for them. But maybe he can come back. But, it, you know, Shanahan really didn't seem too optimistic about it. Yeah, I think that seven, eight weeks was sort of just like maybe throwing teams off. But <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I am going to, I'm going to go with the, the Niners here as well. The Buccaneers are terrible. They're terribly coached. The, yeah. the, the left, which goals experiment is not working out. And I think that they might both be gone after this year. Cause it kind of seems like, although Bowles is the head coach, it kind of seems like they're like almost co-head coaches in a sense. Is he like, running the defense though? Todd Bowles still, I believe, I believe so. I like believe the defense so. has still been really freaking good. Yeah, no, I agree. But I, I think they make a lot of questionable decisions back there, but like I don't know. Like the Bucks are a weird team because they'll make the playoffs, and like you always have to worry about Tom Brady in the playoffs. But like, yeah, they're bad. They are bad. It's yeah. a it's one of those teams where you just like can't really put your like you can't really figure out why they've been like so bad though. Like like this like, is a big week for them. This is a really really big week for them. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think it's going to go well. And I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers here as well. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant did his job last week. He, he only turned the ball over one time. I mean, look, I, yeah. I, I mean, look, Brock Purdy, if Brock Purdy is competent, that will be enough for the Niners. He doesn't even yeah. have to be good. He has to be competent. He has to not be a turnover machine. That yeah. will be enough for the Niners to to get where I think, you know, make a deep playoff run. I, I'm going to look, they looked really good last week. I think, I think. That that Santa Monica is turning into somewhat of like not Santa Monica. Where do they put Santa? Where do they play? Santa Barbara or no? Barbara maybe. No, 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 no. I'll look it up. All right, but but wherever it's turning into a little bit of a home fortress out there, dude. Like they don't lose. They don't lose many. Their home fans games. are are tough, man. Yeah, they don't. They They're... don't lose many home games. Santa Clara. Santa Clara. Sorry. I, yeah, that Levi Stadium. I know. Or is yeah. that the, Levi Stadium? Look. Levi Stadium. Yeah. It's it, it is. It's a tough place to play. And I, I look. I, I'm gonna go with the Niners here. Uh, like like I said, I I just think that the Bucks are a really bad team, and their season might have been over had they lost that Saints game. And I'm glad they didn't because the Saints are just real. I mean, the Saints are. I think that outside of the Texans, they have a case for worst team in the NFL. Uh, so I'm, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bucks here. Yeah, Dennis Allen needs to be fired. They need to just strip that team down. I mean, they they need to just start from scratch essentially. Um, Who has their first round pick this year, Griffin? The eleven and one Philadelphia Eagles. That's crazy. I mean, all these like good teams have like these like top oh, yeah, picks dude, right, right? Now. Like, crazy. Um, I think there's something I was. Oh yeah, 
Uh, Falcons are on by, but they did finally announce that Desmond Ritter will be the starting quarterback. So just huge. Should be very interesting. Should be very interesting. Uh, Final four weeks. Should have been done three. Should have been done three weeks ago. Because Griff, I'm just I'm just knowing about the Falcons. Uh, Two weeks ago, the Atlanta Falcons had a 45% chance to make the playoffs, and now it's down to six percent. They waited too long to make the decision. I don't get it. Like I, yeah. I actually like Arthur Smith, Smith as a coach. I don't think he's done a bad job down there. I don't get mm-hmm. why. I don't get why Desmond Ritter hasn't been starting the whole year. Yeah, it, it's really unclear, and yeah, I don't know. But that's it at the end of the day. So moving on, Dolphins Chargers. Um, Chargers are a mess right now. Um, well, the, the sad part for the Chargers is that this is a Dolphins home game. Unfortunately, as, uh, as is everyone in there. Probably. No, as is always are, are they hard these days? The Dolphins fans. Yeah, no, not even just Dolphins fans, but like I feel like chart like it's just sad for the. I just feel bad for Jay Harbro that he never gets to have a home game. <laughs> like, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I'm gonna if you want me to start out, I'm gonna go with the Dolphins here. Like I still think that they're a really good team. I'm a big Waddle fan. I'm a big Tyree. Well, like. Tyree Kill fan on the field, of course, of what Tyree Kill does. But um, <laughs> but I am gonna go. With, I, I like. Uh, I love Mike McDaniel. I do. I just think. I don't know. I don't know if the Dolphins can play with the big boys yet. That's just my concern about them. They got blown out last week by by Brock Purdy. Um, yeah. So, and Brock Purdy, like I said, was competent. But like a lot of that is like, did the Dolphins make him look competent, or was he just, you know, did, is it just the Shanahan? But I think the Dolphins are really good. I I do. But uh, and I'm gonna pick them to win this week. But I don't know if they're as good as those top three teams in the AFC I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna pick Dolphins here as well. Um. They're, they're just so good. A lot of similar predictions this week. You know what that means? Oh yeah. Well, we started off with three different ones, and then every single one since has been the same. <laughs> um. But like a lot of them are just I don't know, man. Like a lot of them I feel like are likely, but Chargers are banged up. Derwin James is out. You know, Bryce Callahan's out. Like, Dolphins should throw the ball, like, however they want, wherever they want, to Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. So, to me, this is, like, kind of cut and, cut and dry and pretty pretty chalked up to me. So, I don't know. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Last game of the week, I can't believe the Cardinals are 4-8. and eight. That's, like, bad. I didn't know they were – like, honestly, I feel like they haven't been that bad. But, oh, holy have. cow. Um, Cliff Kingsbury's getting fired at the end of the day. Like – Griffin, how long have I advocated? I said at the beginning of the year, Cliff Kingsbury is my. You said it for I think since you joined the podcast. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury should be fired. Um, it's like it's honestly like it's just because at this point they've committed so much to Kyler that like Kyler freaking hates this guy. Like Kyler's done. Like he's like when the I mentioned it last week, but he is like schematically we were kind of fucked. Like shit is like crazy, bro. Like who is saying that about like their head coach basically? Um. Yeah, I mean, these two teams are – honestly, I'm going to pick the Patriots. Like, this is just one of those games that, like, Bill Belichick and co., they just, you know, get the troops in and, and they go. Even though the Cardinals, like, offensively, they have the weapons right now. Like, James Conner, D-Hop, Keith Brown, I think are all playing. I, I know D-Hop might have missed some practice earlier. I don't know. This team's kind of a mess. But, yeah, I'm going to pick the Pats here. Um, they've been playing pretty solid recently, like, honestly. Like, that game against, uh, you know, we talked about it, the Thanksgiving game against the Vikings. I mean, they, they were right in it. Mac Jones had one of the best games of his career. So I'm going to go New England. Why not? 
Yeah, I'm gonna go with New England here. I actually am not as down on New England as a lot of other people, though. They 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 they're just like mediocre. Like I don't think they're like a bad team. And but where the Cardinals yeah. are truly awful. Like they're a truly awful team. They don't do a lot well, to be honest with you. Their offense is their offense being as bad as it is, um, with the weapons that they have is really, really not a good look for Cliff Kingsbury. And like like I said, like this guy went 31 and 35 at Texas Tech. He does not have a coach an NFL team, doesn't have the respect of his locker room. It's been known there have been leaks for years about about how the Cardinals locker room doesn't love Cliff Kingsbury. Like, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't I never got the hire at the time. He wasn't good at Texas Tech. Look, I get he was Mahomes' coach. I get he was Baker Mayfield's coach. And especially, you know, when Baker Mayfield was more of a value commodity that that was, you know, brought up brought up as an yeah. argument. But like guy hasn't been good in the NFL. Like he went he had Six fraudulent, seven fraudulent weeks with the Arizona Cardinals, yeah. and they've been bad. They he's been bad since. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I mean Patriots there, and I think the end is near for for uh, Mr. Cliff. Yeah, I. Yeah, it would seem that way. I think he'll. I think it's pretty safe to say he'll get fired. Um, just the way things have gone. Um, so yeah. Um, that will kind of do it for this episode of Outside the Arena. Um, you know, World Cup so, still going strong. Some fun yeah, matches. Morocco. Portugal, Portugal is out. Uh, Ronaldo off the bench could not get it done. Um, so you know, big win for Argentina yesterday. Yeah, what a uh, game! Also a for Croatia. So yeah, gonna be a fun, fun stretch of play here. Um, towards the end, but yeah, that'll do it for this week's episode of Outside the Arena. Make sure to stay tuned. Uh, for more episodes, more weekly episodes. Hopefully we'll get some guests on in this next month. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. If you haven't already, check the link in bio, uh, or not link in bio, link down below uh, for our Instagrams, podcasts, Instagram. Also check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow there. Thank you guys so much for watching. We'll see you all next week.